0: It's time to pull up a chair and open your Bible for today's Bible study segment of Naomi's Table. Now, here's our teacher, Ruth Christian. Good afternoon, sisters. I want to do something just a little bit different today. Uh, We've been talking about fellowship so much, you know, that sharing of a common life. So I'm going to take a little time to focus on it, to do a little topical study, if you will, about fellowship and its importance in our lives as women of Christ. We've seen so far in the study of 1 John that because of our new life in Christ, we have fellowship with God and with other believers, you know, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We've also spent time considering how sin affects fellowship with God and with others, Today let's just ask the question, why is fellowship, that sharing of the common life, so important that John would spend so much time dealing with it in his letter? And and it's dealt with in other places in, in the Word as well. We're definitely exhorted to have living, joyful, honest fellowship with God and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's through fellowship that we love God and love others as we're called to do. Here's the reality we have to keep in mind. One of the enemy's tactics is to isolate people, to cut us off from fellowship with one another, to convince you you're alone and you know what? No one really cares about you. And Sometimes it's like you hear the enemy whispering And you know what else? They're just a bunch of hypocrites anyway. Perhaps you're in that place right now. Belonging is a basic need, no doubt. We need to be part of something beyond ourselves. Remember, God created us to have relationship. First with him and then with others. Both are important. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, that once we've been saved by grace we're in Christ Jesus. It says, So that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Simply put, you belong. We don't belong to Satan's household, the world. And this is what in 1st John um, John is going to be dealing with next in his letter. But God tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, that he does not want us to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship, notice, has righteousness with lawlessness? Certainly there can't be a sharing of the same life there. That's what fellowship is. So answer, none. (laughs) And what communion is light with darkness? Well, answer none the lord warns us against becoming intimately entangled with those who are unbelievers because he knows this will lead to spiritual compromise and our father knows best so god wants us to belong to a body of believers but many believers never really plug into a a church family or they go Sunday service, but they don't really get into fellowship. This is not spiritually healthy. That's why God commands us to assemble together with other believers. Why? We have an obligation to one another. Can I say that again? We have an obligation to one another. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching. Boy, that day approaching, you know, the day when Jesus comes back, the day we'll see him face to face. This is in Paul's letters, um, it's throughout the New Testament. It, the The day approaching, the coming of the Lord was a purifying hope for believers in the first century. I'm not so sure it's that purifying hope in us like it was in them. But that's what he's saying here. Anyway, let us consider one another, he says. or to be others-centered. Warren Worsby puts it this way, and I quote, Fellowship with God must never become selfish. We must also fellowship with other Christians in a local assembly. Apparently, some of the wavering believers here in Hebrews had been absenting, I'm sorry, absenting, easy for me to say, themselves from the church fellowship. It's interesting to note that the emphasis here is not on what a believer gets from the assembly but rather what she can contribute to the assembly, unquote. I have to say, I, you know, I've never looked at that verse that way before, but that's really what it says. We can contribute when we attend church, go to women's Bible studies, prayer groups, fellowship activities, missions, um, meetings, whatever it might be, when we serve with others, we stir up one another to love and good works. And we, and it's in these settings we have the opportunity to do so. We're in the place where God can work through us to fulfill his command for the older women to teach the younger women how to be godly wives, moms, homemakers, and so on. Discipleship can take place. When we're gathered together for fellowship, we have an opportunity to live out other commands, Let's just think of a few. As we love one another, we can bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6, verse 2. Confess your faults to one another. James 5, 16. Admonish one another. Romans 15, 14. Edify, or build up, one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Use hospitality one to another. 1 Peter 4, verse 9. And this is just to name a few. Fellowship is especially important for the young believer. After the Word of God, it was the most important thing in helping me to come out of my uh, bondage to homosexuality. When I was doing research for my book, I found it uh, to be true for other believers as well, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I found this quote in *Coming Out of Homosexuality*. This is a great book, and that. Uh, but they said this quote: "Nearly all the ex-gays we know have made this difficult transition with the strong support of Christian friends. Most of these significant friendships have formed through local church involvement." Unquote. And you know what? That was true for me also. So, two of the reasons for the creation of Naomi's table reflects these things that I've been talking about. It's stated on our website. These are the two um, things that are stated that there are, or there are a few, but these are the two that relate to fellowship. To exhort sisters to live as abandoned, faithful, and unashamed disciples of Jesus Christ by continually pursuing a deeper and more intimate fellowship or intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior. And the second is to maintain an unwavering commitment to love fellow believers as Christ commands. See, these reflect intimate fellowship with God and fellowship with believers. Love God, love others, something old, something new, this is, this is what it means to fellowship and how we do it. Finally, here's something to think on. Many places in the Bible, we're equated as sheep. And uh, we're the sheep in God's pasture. Well, Charles Spurgeon says this, and I love this. And I quote, Some Christians try to go to heaven alone, in solitude. But believers are not compared to bears or lions, or other animals that wander alone. Those who belong to Christ are sheep, in this respect, that they love to get together. Sheep go in flocks. And so do God's people, unquote. So in closing, may I exhort all listening, don't be alone sheep. Here's the reality. You may wander off. And you may lose your life due to a lone wolf. We do best in flocks. So until next time, dear sisters in Christ, stay close to Jesus, love others, and keep looking up. God bless you.